Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. And I want to tell you this morning, it's going to be a good year. I want to prophesy to you this morning, it's going to be a good year. And I don't just say that, but I know it and I believe it. This is going to be the best year we've ever had. How many believe that we can truly see that and, 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 and watch that come to pass, that this will be our greatest year ever? And I can tell you part of that is, is just faith. Part of that is just prophesying. The Bible says, speak those things with you that are not as though they were. And the Bible talks about seeing what we can't, you know, believing in what we can't see. And so part of that is is just faith, but I want to tell you something else. Part of it is, is truth because we've planted a lot of seeds. And how many know that when you plant seeds, the Bible says, even says you're supposed to expect a return? Nobody goes and plants an apple tree with seeds and doesn't expect that tree to become an apple tree. Nobody goes and does anything in the ground or in life and doesn't expect something to come out of it. And so we have done a lot of planting as a church. Some of you are new, some of you don't even know what we've done, but you're going to reap the benefits, amen, and be in this church, and so it's going to be the best year we've ever had, and I want to give you a word this morning that will kind of help you get started. This is going to be a little bit of a teaching message, but I believe it's going to help us, because there's some certain things that we do in our lives that help us get on track, and, and like I said, it's without a doubt, there is provision, there is miracles, there's growth, there's supernatural all kinds of great things waiting for us this year. Some could happen this month. Some could happen in six months. Some could happen at the end of the year. But they will happen. Things that you've been praying for, things you've been believing for, they're going to happen. But there's some things we can do right now this morning to get a head start and to start to head down the right direction. So I want you to open your Bibles up to the book of Isaiah. And I'm going to start to talk this morning about a fresh start. How many like fresh starts? A new beginning, a new opportunity. I know that, that, that realistically there was no difference last night between Friday night and, Saturday, and last night. Or there will be no difference between tonight and last night when the clock strikes 12, 01. But there's something that happens when a new year begins. I don't know if you feel it, but I feel it even though it is really just another day. I was asleep by 11 o'clock last night. Amen. I didn't care. I didn't have to be up. It was already it was already New Year somewhere in the world. Amen. Uh, but there is a sense of hope and new beginning, an opportunity of just getting a fresh start. If I were to tell you this morning that you're having a fresh start on the taxes you owe, or a fresh start on a bill that you had to pay, and the, and you got something in the mail that said, "I'm going to give you a fresh start. You don't owe your mortgage." or you don't owe your car payment, or you don't owe this or that, how many would be excited about that? Well, this is better news than that. Because this fixes everything in our life when we get a fresh start with the Lord. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19 says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider, and I'll leave this up here for a second, the things of old. This, this goes a lot of ways in a lot of places, this verse. Because the fact is, how many know we can't go back and do anything different than we did in 2022? 
What's done is done, and that can be good, that can be bad. It can be things that we wish we'd have done. It can be things we did and wish we'd have done better. It can be things we wish, as we always talk about, we wish we could go back and unscramble some some eggs that are scrambled, but you can't. 2022 is over, and this is a new beginning, and God is a God. This is God's character. I want you to understand. This This word is being spoken, and it was spoken many times, to the Israelites who were rebellious, and walking in, in uh, disbelief, walking in rebellion, walking away from the things of God. And God's character has always been, listen, I'm not going to hold that against you. Let's start over. God's a God of new beginnings. God's a God of fresh starts. God's a God of second chances. Anybody thankful for that? God's a God that, that can look past mistakes and failures and say, let's start over. And, and matter of fact, another verse that I thought about using for this morning was that his mercies are new every single morning. Like literally every time you wake up, there's, God is saying, let's do this today. Do you realize that? Even if you messed up yesterday, his spirit is, let's start over today. I have a fresh start for you. I have a new beginning. And this is a great word because a lot of times we feel like, man, I didn't do so much last year. Or maybe you're here and you say, you know what, that was the best year of my life. I want to build on it. How many would like to build on the best year of your life and have a better year this year? Amen. You, there's, there's, there's things that were established, but he says, I need you to forget what's in the past because you can't go back and fix it. I'm going to do something new. Watch what this next verse says. Behold, I do a new thing. Now, there is an error in this that I hear preached a lot now today. And when someone says God's going to do a new thing, they think that God's going to do something that's out of, of his scripture. The word is already written. He's not going to do anything new that's not in the Bible. But he's going to do something new in our spirits. He's going to be, do something new in our hearts. He's going to do something new in our relationships, amen, and hopefully our relationship with him. He says, I will spring it forth, and you will, shall you not know it? I will even make, I love this, I'll make a road in the wilderness. Right now, you might not even have seen it, but everything you did last year, God is making a road. He's making a way where there seems to be no way. And he says, I'll make rivers in the desert. You might be coming off of a dry year last year. And I want to tell you prophetically in the name of Jesus that the rivers are going to start to flow. That the, th- the seeds that you've sown are going to start to come to pass. And you're going to start to see that grass sprout up through the ground. Amen. For your spiritual life. Father, I pray over this congregation. All the men and women that are here, the teenagers, the workers that are in the back, those that are watching online, Lord, our church around the world, that you would just give us a fresh start today. Lord, as we come into this New Year's Day, we thank you for your mercies that are tender and new every morning. And Father, I thank you that the spirit of condemnation is not in this place, but a spirit of fresh beginnings and new opportunities is in this place to look ahead to 2023 and watch you do great and powerful things. Lord, speak to our hearts and challenge us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. So how many would like a fresh start? Amen. Well, you got one. It's the first day of the year, and I haven't eaten fast food all year. I haven't eaten any sweets all year. Amen. I already read the Bible all year. I've prayed all every, every day all this year. I'm off to a good start. Amen. I started off in church. See, this is an awesome thing to start off the right way. I believe that when you start right, it finishes right. 
And so it's awesome to be in church today. Congratulate yourself. Be thankful that you've made the decision to be here. And get your notebooks out if you've got notebooks. Um, if you don't, use a tablet, use a phone, use something. I love to see the teenagers with their notebooks because this is going to be a message you're going to want to write some things down. And this month especially, if you've been in our church very long, I believe that the things we establish in January is what gives us victory in December. Things that we begin, a way we begin to think, ways we begin to plan. We're going to talk about this more next week. We've got, already got plans. And, and listen, I, I want to see if anybody else is like me. Is anybody in here not organized? Is anybody else that's not, let me see some honest hands. Not organized, okay? You need help. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. I don't believe I'm a bad person. But I, when I say I'm not organized, that means that I need some, I need people around me. I, or I need to, I need to write things down. I need to make a plan. Um, I need to work on that. Some people are, are, or, are or automatically organized. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because you wouldn't anyways, but some of you are too organized. Amen? You might be over-organized, like you organize your organization. Okay? But if there's a happy middle there, and we can start to think about some things and do some things this month that will set the tone. And here's my hope this morning. My hope for our church is that as we come into 2023, because of things we did in 2022, because of things we did in 2021, starting in January, that we're not walking into 2023 super out of alignment. I believe we're not. I believe as a church, we're not going, man, I didn't pray last year. Man, I didn't read the Bible last year. Man, I didn't witness last year. I wasn't a faithful giver last year. I didn't serve last year. I, I believe that we're in a place as a church, unless you're a brand new convert, that we are doing those things. And so we have something to build off from last year. And if you saw fruit in 2022, it's, it wasn't by chance. How many believe that? It wasn't an accident if you saw fruit. It's because you applied the word of God. And, and we should get to a place where we're building. We're building on last year. We're building on the year before. And the decisions we're making are helping us. So this month, we're going to have goals. In a couple weeks, we're going to pray over them. We've been doing this for as long as I can remember. Because I learned that I needed to be organized. I learned in the one year that I worked for a company, I, I worked for a self-made millionaire, and I sold for him, and I did sales, and he taught me a lot of things that are, how many know business principles go a long way in a Christian walk? A long ways. And I began to learn principles from him as a businessman, and then I learned that goals were very important, so I began to write goals. I wrote goals down personally, wrote goals down for my family, goals down for my church. Some were financial, some were spiritual, a little bit of everything. So begin to do that right now, not today, not during this message. But for the next couple weeks, and we'll have a Sunday, probably the third weekend, and we'll pray over these goals. And I want to see your hands this morning. If you have made goals in the past and you have seen your goals come to pass, lift up your hand and look around this congregation. Look at all the people who have written down goals and seen them. It works. But also, a, a mentality has to start. And so I'm going to use an acronym this morning of a fresh start. And I'm going to start off with S. And S means stop. Okay? Or, I'm going to go over here to this side, S means start. Because some people need to stop what they're doing. And some people need to start doing something. Amen? So S is going to go for stop and start, and you're going to know which one you're supposed to do. 
God's going to help you. A message like this is not catered to one person. It's for everybody, and everybody grabs it and says, this is what I need to do. So there's some things I need to stop doing. And one of the things I need to do, and this all of us need to do, is stop making excuses. How many know that we are good? We are professional excuse makers. I see your heads nodding. I'm, I know I'm talking to human beings here. We are professional, and we don't even have to practice. We are good at making excuses. So the first thing we need to do today is stop making excuses and start doing what we know we're supposed to do. Amen? I'm going to give you some verses for all these things, but I, do want, you, I want you to start off with this thought. And I believe this, and I already said it, and I want to reiterate it. God is more interested in our future than he is our past. Okay, God is always a God that's looking forward. He's always wanting us to reach forward and look forward. doesn't mean the past isn't important. Because the older you get, how, much, how many know you begin to embrace the past more? I'm the only one, I guess. I mean, there's no old people here. I don't know which one it is. I, you, I look back and learn more from the past. I look back and reminisce more from the past. I, I, I hopefully have been done things better than in the past, and, and, and I have a, a more of a desire for history to understand why things happen. And that's something, unfortunately, young people usually don't get until they get older. I don't know why it doesn't work out that way. But I want you to understand that God is looking to the future. And if you did something good in the past, that's great. But don't stay there. Even if it's a good thing, even if 22 was a, 2022 is amazing, it's over. So you've got to stop looking back at the past. And you've got to start looking forward to the future. Because whether it was good or bad, it's over. Okay? And as we look forward, God has things ahead of us. And if you think about driving, how many know that the front, um, what's the word, windshield is about 20 times bigger than the rearview mirror? Because we're supposed to look forward and not backwards. There are times that we need to look in that rearview mirror. There are times of reflection. There's times we look back and we say, you know what, that really worked, or that was really good, or that wasn't good. But the, the fact is, God has got 2023 ahead of us, and it's going to be an amazing year, and it's going to be fruitful. So stop making excuses. Proverbs 28, 13 says, this, He who covers his sins won't prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. In other words, we need to learn from our mistakes. So I would say stop making the same mistakes over and over again. Right? I believe, I believe all of us are guilty of that. We, we, we tend to fall into the same holes over and over again. A lot of people do what many of us are going to do this morning to start, and hopefully we don't stay this way. We start off with this fresh start, and we say, I'm going to read the Bible more this year. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to witness more. I'm going to blah, 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 more. And by the end of the month, we're not doing any of those things. Because we're good, as Pastor Mario mentioned in the first service, we're good at making resolutions. We're good, but the problem is, is resolution means resolute, which means you're focused on it and you're going to do it. And the problem is, is today, and actually today's Sunday, tomorrow the gyms will be full. Full to the max. People will be fighting over machines. But about February 1st, if, if it gets that far, 50 to 70% of those people won't be back in the gym. Their membership will get hit again, and then they'll realize, man, what did I do? And they'll go cancel their card. How many know that that's a fact? And that's not just with the gym. 
It's with everything that we do. But it's because mentally there's an opportunity to have a fresh start. But if we don't learn from our mistakes, we're never going to get better on, on our walk with God. So Proverbs is full of these examples that I can learn from these things. And so I need to stop making excuses and start doing what God's called me to do. Here's another one, Proverbs 28, 13. He who covers his sins, is that what I just said? Why, what, what was the first one? Sorry, I apologize. Proverbs 20, verse 7. I, got, I went back up to the first verse. Proverbs 20, verse 7. A sensible man or a righteous man walks in his integrity. And I like what this says in the New Living Translation. And, and prepares to meet them, but the fool never looks ahead. Only fools would come into this year and not have some kind of idea that I'm going someplace. Amen? That's another thing I feel like I've learned in my life. We need to be people that are looking ahead and not just living today. But at the same time, you do have to do today what's going to get you ahead. So it's a balance of life. But I've got to be present, but I've also got to be looking ahead and planning. One of the things that's the hardest for a, a pastor like me to do is, is I, I want Jesus to come back yesterday. I'm just being honest with you. I, I'm, I'm tired of this world. I want to go home. I literally do. Does anybody ever get homesick? Like when you're away, you get homesick. I'm homesick. I want to go home. But I have to keep preaching because I don't know when Jesus is going to come back. And one of the clearest things in the Bible is what he said, occupy till I come. Does anybody else struggle with that? Do I have anybody else here that would like to go home? I'm ready to see my mansion. I'm ready to see Jesus. I'm ready to stop having to, to deal with the flesh and deal with life and all these different things. But I want you to know something. We have to occupy till he comes. So there's a balance there. Everything I'm going to tell you this morning has a balance. And this, and this here's another one. Ego, don't, don't raise your hands if you've got an ego or if you know someone who has an ego. Ego is edging God out. Meaning, I can do this by myself, God. We don't say it, but you know, anybody who has an ego doesn't admit it. Right? Have you ever met someone that goes, I got a big ego? No. They have an ego, but they don't admit it. And, and what it is, is we're, we can do this without God. We're not going to say it. We're not going to make it public. But when we start trying to do things without God, we get an ego. We get pride. How many know pride is not attractive? Humility is attractive. How many like when somebody around you admits they made a mistake? This is good for marriages, right? Don't, don't we all need to admit when we make a mistake and we do something wrong? This is what God is wanting us to do. Stop making excuses and start doing what God wants us to do. The Bible says pride always leads to destruction. One more thing, Proverbs 24, verse 10. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. I got some news for you this morning. I've been giving you some news. Here's some more. You're going to have some ups this month, this year, and you're going to have some downs. No matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you plan, no matter how much you pray, no matter how much we fast, no matter how much we do the right thing, we're going to have some downs. Has anybody been saved long enough to know that that's the case? You're going to have ups and you're going to have downs. But the truth is, storms make us stronger. Adversity grows us. And when we embrace the storm and realize that this is something that's for my strength and for my growth, it says that we'll have strong strength. If I run from it in the day of adversity, if I face adversity and I faint, I'm small. Or in other words, have no strength. Amen? 
So we need to continue to stop doing the things we're not supposed to do and start doing the things we need to do. T of the word start. Take inventory. This is important. Take inventory. We take inventory of what's in our refrigerator. We take inventory of what's in our bank account. We take inventory of, unless you're at home alone, where your kids are. Some of y'all get that next week. Remember the movie, Home Alone? They left without the kid? Okay. We take inventory of lots of things in our lives. We need to take inventory of the spiritual things. If I'm going to have a powerful, blessed, fruitful year, I have to take inventory or I have to test myself. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says this. Examine yourselves. As to whether you're in the faith. And then it says, what does it say there? Test yourself. Test yourself. This is not you telling your spouse what they need to change or you telling me what I need to change or me telling you what you need to change. This is you testing yourself. This is you examining your life every day on a daily basis, on a consistent basis, and saying, Lord, where's my life lined up with your word? Where's my faith lined up with your word? Where's my attitude lined up with your word? Where's my marriage lined up with your word? Take inventory. If you're going to have a fresh start, you've got to figure out what it is that's in your inventory of your life that needs a change. Okay, sometimes a word like this will bring something to the light and help us see something we don't see. Learn from your mistakes. Tell the person next to you, learn from your mistakes. Does anybody believe that that's smart besides me? But you know, I'm going to tell you something better than learning from your own mistakes, and some of you know what I'm going to say. There's only one thing better, learn from somebody else's. That's the wisest thing you can do. If I can learn from somebody else's mistake... That means I don't have to have the mistake. I can watch somebody else's mistake and say, I'm not going to do that. So learning from your mistakes is good, but learning from the mistakes of somebody else is better. Amen? So take inventory, test your life. A, here's the big one. This is the most important one, by the way, of the whole message. Act in faith. We cannot do anything for God without faith. There is an element of faith, listen closely, that God is always testing. Always, 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 God is testing our faith. The Bible says, we say it all the time, we have to remind, remind ourselves in Hebrews, that without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. So God is pleased when we have faith. The only way for God to be pleased in our faith is for our faith to be tested. And so as we're talking this morning on January 1st about making goals, starting fresh, having a good year, getting our minds right, doing all the things we need to do, we have to understand that we can do a lot of the things we're talking about and the world does without God. God has to be in the equation. God has to be the number one thing in the equation. And I, was, I don't know if it was this part of the message that I mentioned it this morning but I, in the first service, but I'm going to mention it now. I've talked to some people in our church that have their own businesses, people who want to um, finance the gospel more, people who want to do more for the kingdom of God and want to be bigger givers, and I've been t trying to teach them that you can do all the, all the business principles that you're supposed to do, but you have to have a supernatural aspect to your, to your faith with finances. Do you understand that? 
And here's what I mean. Anybody in the world can make money. Lots of people do. Lots of people make money without God. Would anybody agree with that? I mean, they're not really making it without God because everything's from God, but they're not, they, don't, they don't have to have a God conscience. They don't have to love God, and there's lots of billionaires in the world who don't give God any credit. But there is an element in finances and business and life that has to have a supernatural part. And when you connect someone who has a business mind and can make money with somebody who believes in God and has faith, the sky is the limit of what God can do. Amen? So there always has to be an element of faith. There always has to be an f- element of God putting there a, a space between what you can do and what he can do. Does that make sense? No matter what it is, and I've seen this over the 30 years that I've been saved and preaching the gospel, he's always kind of pulling the carrot out in front of me like where I can't grab it. And he's wanting me to believe for more. He's wanting me to believe for the impossible. And that's an act of faith. That is something that we cannot get away from. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says it so clearly. We walk by faith, not by sight. I believe God wants some of us today to step out into some new territory. I believe God wants some of us to step out and try walking on the water. I believe God wants some of us to try some things this year we've never tried before. And I'm talking about in the spiritual realm, like trust God, and God's going to lead you, and God's going to guide you. But he wants you to, you know, you can't really do great things for God if you're stuck in your comfort zone. You can't. Because God's not going to use you in your comfort zone. Anybody who really is used by God is out of their comfort zone. I promise you. I, I met with the four guys that we sent out um, to pastor on Friday for breakfast. And I told them, did any of you think last year at this time that we would be sitting in a restaurant on, July, uh, on December 29th and you would be pastoring? And none of them thought they would be. But last year in July, all of them heard from God and took a step of faith and acted on it and said, I'll leave my comfort zone and I'll leave my territory and I'll go start a church. Amen? Amen? And this time last year, they were all sitting here just like you. They didn't know that on January 1st of 2022, instead of sitting there ushering or sitting there by the door or being on the praise team or sitting back in the sound booth or doing whatever, they didn't know they were going to have the microphone today preaching a message to one person or five people or seven people or no people. That's stepping out into new territory. I'm asking not to raise your hand today, but I'm asking which one of you today, how many of you today are ready to take an act of faith to step out and do something for God this year that he's asking you to do. And and, and I I do want to ask you this. How many want God to do something great in your life this year? Like you really, really want to be used. I believe our entire church does. And and our vision is clear. When we write these goals down, we're writing things down to make it clear. Habakkuk talks about our visions on the wall every single service. But if we take inventory, how many know we can get better at winning souls? We we cannot. I'm going to talk to you both. I'm going to spend a second here and I'm going to go over there. We cannot be happy with this amount of people. 
We cannot be happy that we have a, a good, strong, solid church and we, and we all love each other. We have to fill these seats with people that don't know Jesus. Amen? We need to take inventory that we need to pass more Jesus cards out. It's going to come down this week anyways. We need to take inventory that we need to pass more, more, uh, more, more uh, tracks out. We need to take inventory that there's people in our lives that we have witnessed to that we need to keep witnessing to. We need to take inventory personally, and we need to take inventory as a church because God wants to do amazing things in our lives this year. But listen to what Jesus said, and this isn't on the screen, in Matthew 29. He said, according to your faith, it will be done to you. So listen, I'm, I'm speaking to some people today, and I, listen, I don't need the amens, I don't need excitement, because I'm speaking to the spirit of people today, and I know some people are catching this, and you that I'm speaking to, and it may be everybody, but you that I'm speaking to, I want God to tell you through his word right now that what you're asking for and believing will be done according to your faith. According to your faith. Whenever somebody gets healed... Whenever a miracle happens, whenever Jesus healed somebody, he always said to them, you, your faith has made you whole. So if you're going to do something great for God, you have to have faith. You cannot take that element out. And how many would agree with me today that unfortunately we're living in a day, and I was actually talking to my friend Chris Clock, the evangelist that led me to the Lord, I think on Friday. We talked from time to time. I think we talked for about a half an hour, and we were just, we always challenge each other. And he sees lots of churches as he goes around and preaches around the world. Unfortunately, that faith is not being preached in the church today. What's being preached in the church is, is the flip side is organization and steps and all these other things. And the, the church, the thing I'm trying to tell you is we've got to have the balance. We do have to have steps. We do have to have order. We do have to have organization. But sometimes God wants to step in and mess up our organization and just have a move of God that comes simply from believing by faith. And the churches today aren't praying for the sick. They're not, and I'm just saying generally, they're not casting out demons. They're not believing for the supernatural. I want to see the supernatural. I want to see people come into this place that have testimonies that are unexplainable like yours. I want more of you. You should want more of yourself. We need to multiply. So we've got to take inventory and think, what, what, what are we doing different? How can I act on these things? Listen to Acts chapter 3. Watch this. As, as they're opening it up, listen to this before I read it. I'm talking about a faith that is not dead and is not a hope-so faith. That sounds kind of weird, right? How, how can you have faith that's hope-so? You have to really believe. How many over here on this side really believe that God can use you? Really believe that God wants to do something different in your life this year? Really believe that there's souls connected to your life today that if you just tap into his hand and his power, he would use you. You believe that? I believe it for you. And Peter and John in Acts 3 are going into the temple together at the hour of prayer. And it says, being the ninth hour, a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried and they lay, who they laid daily at the gate of the temple, and it was called beautiful to ask for alms or help of them that entered the temple. And seeing Peter and John go about, go about to go into the temple, he asked for alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And watch what he did. He gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. 
Church, we are lost today if we come to church and pray and give and fast and witness and, do, and read the Bible and do what's right and do all these things and don't expect something to happen. Amen. We should be expecting God to move because that's why he asks us to do these things, to put ourselves in a position that God can do these things in our lives. And you might look back on 2022 and you might say, I prayed more than I've ever prayed. I read more than I've ever read. I fasted more than I've ever fasted. I gave more than I've ever gave. And I don't feel like I saw the result that I thought I was going to see. Well, I got good news for you. Don't stop doing what you've been doing because the harvest is right around the corner. It's just about to come. Don't stop doing what you've been doing. Because the Bible says if we faint not and do not grow weary in due time, that's the hard part about God, is in due time is not our time. You might as well just put in there, he basically says, in the last most difficult different time of what you think. That's when I'm going to come through. As I finish this point, I was thinking about Thomas Edison. And how we can get a woe is me attitude in our lives when we don't see what we want to see. You know, Thomas Edison, when he invented the light bulb, got it right on about the 200th time that he tried it. That means he failed 199 times. And I was thinking about this this morning, and I said it in the first service. Maybe that's what happens to us when we're witnessing. Maybe we've witnessed to someone a hundred times. Maybe we've passed out a track a thousand times. Maybe we've done the right thing over and over again, but it's that one time, the next time is going to be the time that that person gets saved. It's that next time we pray for that child that they're going to get saved. It's that next time, the 200, 300, 400, 500 time that we do the right thing, that that's the moment they're going to get saved. That's the moment they're going to change. That's the moment they're going to come home. That's the moment the situation's going to turn around. We cannot stop. We've got to keep going forward and not give up. We've got to keep acting on faith and acting on faith. And let me tell you something. When you have done something that many times and not been successful, but you keep doing it, you know who's pleased? God. It pleases God. I don't know about you, but I watch people, and especially in the ministry and especially in the things of God, and, and I look. Me and Pastor Marshall were talking about this this week, about what real fruit is. Real fruit. How many know there's the fruits of the Spirit? Righteousness and love and self-control. There's not, but that, those are great. But to me, the fruits of the Spirit have to be in action. And when I look at a person's life, and I was telling Pastor Marshall this, and I was encouraging him, I said, your fruit, your marriage that you have, the, the longevity of serving God, how, how you are staying the course, that's fruit. A lot of people say, and we were talking about this too, how people will say, I'm just not getting fed. Ever heard somebody say that? Maybe you've said that. I'm just not getting fed in this church. Well, you know that's an oxymoron. That's an oxymoron. Because if you're saying I'm not getting fed in this church to, to your pastor or to the church, that means you're not reading the Bible. That means you're not studying your, to show yourself approved. 
Because it's not the pastor's job to feed you. It's your job to feed you. You know what the pastor's job is? To confirm what God is speaking to you in your daily life through your daily reading and daily prayer. Not give you the revelation. I come and I give you these messages They should be confirming. And when I see you nodding your heads, I can tell with many of you that the Lord's already been speaking to you. And I'm just confirming what God is speaking to you in your spirit. Because that's what my job is. You need to feed yourself. You need to have faith. I can't have faith for you. You can't have faith for me. You can't have faith for anybody else. you got to have faith for yourself. Now, you can agree with somebody that has faith together. And, and here's another thing, too, just speaking about faith, church, this is so important. How many know we, have, we all get in positions in our lives where we are hit with something, really bad news or really tough situation, and at that moment, I can't have faith for myself. So I need somebody to encourage me in my faith to have faith for that situation. Are you all following me? And that's what church is for. So we can come together and we can pray together corporately for something that, I, if it wasn't for you believing with me, I don't know if I could believe for myself. And then faith arises in me. But the bottom line is, at the end of the day, I have to have faith. And you have to have faith. And we have to have faith for each other. Amen? Now, last, last, second to last one, R. Let me move on to this. This is a good one. I have several. Refocus, realign, or Reset. How many know there's some things that we were doing last year? It goes back to the first one. We need to stop doing. Don't raise your hands, but we've all got some habits in here we need to stop having. And there's some habits we need to start having. And you might even say, man, again, I read the Bible more, prayed more, fasted more, all those things than I did last year. But this year, God's expecting you to do more because God's got great plans for you. So we need to refocus or realign. That means sometimes we might be going off like on your car when you're driving down the freeway and it starts to pull to the right. That means you need an alignment. And if you don't get an alignment on your car, your tires are going to continue to run out. And tires are expensive. So you might have direction. You might know where you're supposed to be going today. You might be heading that way. But you need an alignment because you're pulling. And that's what messages like this do to, do to you too. They get you back in line. But sometimes we just need to reset. I could have preached a whole message just on this part. We just need to reset. Have you ever had your phone freeze, computer freeze, something freeze, and you just got to put that, you got to turn it off and hit the reset button and just start it over. Some, sometimes, some of you may have had a, a year last year, you don't want to remember you don't, want to, you don't want to think about that. You just want to reset and start over. That's, that's something you can do today by the grace of God. Just start over. And some of us need to. Because, again, I, I feel like I'm hitting this for a reason. Some people are still living in the past, and you've you got to let go of some things. Tell you let go of some of those things. They may be failures. They may be victories. They may be hurts. They, whatever it is, you've got to let them go. Tell you do that, God, you can't go forward. Your past, I used to preach a message when I was doing evangelism, preaching as an evangelist, your past has no future. Amen? You've got to look forward. So some of us need to reset. Romans 12, we hear it all the time. Verse 2, be transformed 
by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed to this world. Stop thinking like this world. Stop, stop wanting what this world has. Want what God has for you. Want what Jesus has for you. And it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen? The way you think determines the way you feel. And the way you feel many times determines the way you act. Psalms 1, watch this. Verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. That's the Bible. And he meditates on it day and night. Not just on Sundays. Day and night. And watch what happens. When we reset daily with the word of God, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. And that, that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also does not wither. And watch this. Whatever he does shall prosper. How many want to prosper? First Peter says, I wish that you would all prosper as your soul prospers. When we have it right with the word and we reset ourselves daily and we refocus on the things that are important, God steps in and partners with us. Okay? And the last thing I want you to get out of this this morning is the T. And this is the glue that holds it all together. Trust. I could ask you this morning if you would be honest, how many have trust issues? Lots of hands would go up. Trust issues. Because people have hurt us. Church, God is not people. Can I say that again? God is not people. People fail us. People hurt us. People do us wrong. People break promises. God does not break promises. God does not fail. Pastor Nestor actually asked me about this last night for something he was going to preach. He said, what's that thing you say? What's the two things you say God can't do? God can't lie and God can't fail. So you can trust God. Amen? And trust is the most Trust is what holds it all together. Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, trust in the Lord sometimes. No, with all your heart. You have to trust in the Lord with all your heart there's a lot of things in my life that I could say that I, I don't do good on and I make mistakes on and I fail on, but let me tell you one thing I know I'm strong on. I trust God. I can say that with all sincerity in my heart. I know I trust God. I really do trust him. I didn't say my faith is perfect. I didn't say there's not times I feel you know weak. I'm just telling you, I trust God. I have a trust that I know everything's going to work out. Because I know that he's a God that can't lie. He's a God that doesn't fail. And he says right here in his word that if I lean not on my own understanding and I acknowledge him in all my ways, he'll direct my paths. He'll tell me which way to go. He'll tell me to turn left. He'll tell me to turn right. He'll tell me, stop, don't go there. Go back the other way. Do that again. Don't do that again. 
many want to be led by the Holy Spirit? Amen. As the musicians are coming, I want, I want you just to really, really learn, sorry, think about trusting God and depending on him. Where is your trust today? I, I, I can't see your trust level. I told you where mine is. Mine's high. Because God has come through every time. Not the way I wanted him to. Not when I wanted him to. And not how I wanted him to. But he comes through every time. And has anybody in here been saved long enough to find out that when God comes through, the way he comes through is better than the way you thought you, he was going to come through? Did y'all hear that over here? Some of you are new converts and you haven't been saved long enough to know yet. Let me just tell you. When, when God, not if, when God comes through, he always comes through better than the way I would have thought he would have came through. Father, we thank you for your word this morning and a fresh start. Father, thank you for this first day of 2023. Lord, I have faith today that you are going to do amazing things this year in my life and the life of this church. I have faith to believe, God, that as we begin to stop and start doing things we shouldn't do and should do by the leading of your Holy Spirit, and we begin to take inventory and test ourselves and look at our lives and see the things that haven't brought forth fruit or the things that I need to admit mistakes on and learn from, Father, and I begin to act in faith and trust God and know that as I reset my mind according to your word, you are going to lay everything out in front of me. You're going to make rivers in the desert. You're going to make roads through the wilderness. That means that roads don't go through wildernesses. It means you go places that no one else can go. Rivers don't normally go through deserts. It means you make provision where there's normal, not normal provision. Father, help these people today, your people, know in their spirits you're a God of supernatural. When, when we have done everything you've asked us to do, when we've done everything we know to do, when we've obeyed you on the things that we're supposed to do every day, discipline and doing the right thing and reading your word and praying, when we've done all that and we stand, we know without a doubt you're going to come through. And you're going to do things this year that we're going to look back on and say that was nothing but God. Because God, I want my life to be such a way that only you get the glory for it. I want there to be fruit in my life that only you get the glory for, Father. And Lord, I know there's excuses here. We're so good at making excuses. We're so good at being prideful. We're so good at over-organizing or under-organizing. But today, Lord, help us to lean on you, to trust in you, and to believe, God, that when we do what we're supposed to do and you step in, all things are possible. I declare that this is going to be the best year we've ever had as a church and as individuals. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place, those listening here in the congregation, those watching online, listening on the podcast, listening on Facebook, wherever you would hear this today, Jesus loves you. And Jesus has a plan for your life. And Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. He died on the cross for your sins. 
He paid the price of separation between you and God, and he's the only one that could pay it. And all he wants with you is a relationship. He wants you to lean on him and trust him. He wants to, to believe on him. He wants you to be born again. How many all across this place, from front to back and side to side, listening to my voice today, could say, Pastor, I've never been born again. Today is the day of my salvation. Today I'm coming into the kingdom of God. Today I'm going to start a new life. Just lift up your hand and put it right back down and say, that's me. I need to be born again. That's me. We're going to pray in a moment for those watching online or listening on the podcast. Maybe you're here today watching or here in the congregation and you're, you're running from the will of God. You're backslidden. I was reading just right here at the end of the year in my devotional of my, of my daily Bible to finish the year in Revelations where it talks about the churches. And one of the churches was they had lost their first love. Maybe you're here today and you need to renew your first love. It's the most important thing you could do is renew your vows and say, God, I made some mistakes at the end of last year. I got out of fellowship with you. I wasn't reading like I wish I would have. I wasn't praying like I wish I would have. Whatever it is, he says, come back to your first love. Today, some of you might need to do that. If that's you, make that prayer. Make that dedication to the Lord. Make that decision to say, God, you are everything that matters in my life. Nothing else matters because this is eternal. As we stand across this place, we're going to open up these altars in just a moment, but I want to pray a sinner's prayer. I want to pray a prayer of salvation for anybody that's watching. Father, we pray this morning before we pray for this that you would help us as a church to take inventory on how we can get more people saved. How we can all be responsible, Father, for passing out more Jesus cards. Passing out more tracts. Being more compassionate about the souls of people's lives that are passing into eternity every day. So that we can fill these chairs. Not so we can say, oh, the church was full. But so we can look across the church and say, miracle, 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 transformation. What a miracle. What a life changed. That's what, your, that's what you came for, Jesus. You came for the sick. Help us as a church to have a burden like we've never had for the lost. If you'd say this with me this morning, if you're watching online or listening on this podcast, just say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. And today I realize that I fall short of your glory. And I need a Savior. I need forgiveness. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. You paid my price. And you rose from the dead for me so I could have eternal life. Jesus, forgive me and wash me clean and make me a new creation. And from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to serve you. And you're going to do great things in my life. I receive that. I accept that. And I'm going to walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, 
Go to our website at vwotexas.com.